Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, December 20th. Alaska Airlines flight attendants are considering a strike. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego Foundation and Environmental Health Coalition plan to invest nearly $50 million into San Diego's historic barrios. Almost half the money comes from a state grant awarded this week. It will fund climate resilience projects like improving public transit stops, installing solar panels, and building a new park to buffer the I-5 freeway. The majority minority neighborhoods, including Logan, Stockton, and Grant Hill, are considered most vulnerable to climate impacts. Scripps Clinical Medical Group has agreed to pay almost $7 million to settle allegations that it imposed a mandatory retirement age on its physicians. The claims were filed with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Their investigation concluded there was, quote, reasonable cause to believe Scripps committed age and disability discrimination. Scripps rescinded the retirement age policy. It will pay the money to those it impacted, but has not admitted liability. The storm expected to bring inches of rain to the county is approaching slower than anticipated. The National Weather Service said it won't bring significant rains until late Wednesday. They warned it could also bring widespread thunder, lightning, and street flooding. Drivers on I-5 and I-8 should prepare for possible strong winds on Thursday. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Alaska Airlines flight attendants rallied at the airport yesterday in an effort to get better pay. Reporter Matt Hoffman says, it could come to a strike. Alaska Air is mighty cheap. Alaska Air is mighty cheap. Is Alaska hearing our voices? I can confident they're going to hear it now. Alaska pay us what we need. Alaska Airlines flight attendants crowded Terminal 2 as local union leaders say negotiations on a new contract have basically fallen apart. James Bozanich is a flight attendant and contract negotiator. We're not backing down at this point. We are taking this the entire way. The only way it's going to stop that is if we get a contract that is actually economically feasible. The flight attendants union is announcing that members will vote next month on whether to authorize a strike against Alaska Air. Alaska Airlines officials say they've made an offer that would put flight attendants pay at or near the top of the industry with an immediate 15% increase. The airline says they're open to more proposals and are actually actively negotiating with more meetings set for early next year. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. California regulators voted unanimously yesterday to let water agencies recycle highly purified sewage water and put it directly into the drinking water supply. Reporter Jacob Baer says the decision may impact the county, which has several water purification projects in various stages. California has been using recycled wastewater for decades, but it hasn't before been used directly for drinking water. Lindsay Leahy is the Water Utilities Director with the City of Oceanside. She says the new rules could influence the future of Pure Water Oceanside, 
which currently treats wastewater through indirect potable reuse methods that involve an environmental buffer. From beginning to end, it'll be a lot faster, um, but it may be uh, a little bit more uh, expensive with direct potable reuse. California is just the second state to allow direct potable use following Colorado. The state's Office of Administrative Law will also need to approve the new wastewater rules, which would likely happen sometime in 2024. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. San Diego voters approved a new Civilian Police Oversight Board in 2020. It took years for the city council to finally seat the commission. And now, Scott Rod reports the board is trying to find a new executive director. The city's Commission on Police Practices is tasked with reviewing officer-involved shootings, in-custody deaths, and complaints against San Diego police officers. It also suggests policy changes to the department. Eventually, the volunteer board will have the power to subpoena witnesses and independently investigate serious cases of alleged officer misconduct. But first, it needs to find a new leader. Charmaine Mosley, who led the city's civilian police oversight efforts for more than eight years, left several weeks ago for a job in Los Angeles County. That puts the commission in a tough spot. Getting an executive director in quickly is important because we're building a foundation. Gloria Tran is chair of the Commission on Police Practices. She says she hopes they can find a new executive director in the next three months. But I know the bureaucracy probably won't allow that, but we're trying to expedite it as much as we can legally allowed. There are also four unexpected commissioner vacancies the city council has to fill. A KPBS investigation earlier this year found dozens of complaints against officers expired without independent civilian review, as the city council took years to stand up the new commission. The oversight board has now restarted their review of alleged misconduct cases. Scott Rod, KPBS News. Coming up, if you're low-income, Latino, and living in Chula Vista, you're less likely to have access to a public park. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. A new analysis shows the extent of Chula Vista's parkland divide. Reporter Corey Suzuki spoke with the South Bay researcher who analyzed parks and census data. Jacob Helfman has spent a lot of time at parks over the years. That's partly because he helps to take care of his dad, who has dementia. One uh, thing that's recommended by doctors for people with dementia is to be more active in their life, including taking walks and being exposed to green space is potentially really beneficial to them as well. But this year, there's been a big debate over parks in Chula Vista and how residents' access to parkland depends largely on where they live. Healthman specializes in GIS, a kind of research that combines computer science and digital mapping. And last month, he decided to do his own analysis of the city's parks using regional, state, and federal data. 
Healthman found that he and his parents and other residents living on the city's west side have access to less than a third of the park space's east side residents. He also found that west side households were more likely to be poorer, identify as Latino, and live near sources of pollution. I believe that this is a really big environmental justice issue because uh, parks bring so many benefits. They build a sense of community and they address the uh, big environmental and health challenges that we have. Helfman says that he knows that closing this divide will be a long process. He hopes his maps will help bring that change a little faster. Corey Suzuki, KPBS News. Holiday season is a time for hope and healing. Earlier this year, both of those were exemplified by two San Diego students and a vintage upright piano. Education reporter M.G. Perez told us about the project earlier this year. Here comes the sun and I say it's all right. 14-year-old McKenna Stumpo and his lifelong friend, 14-year-old Liam Kett, have a creative connection that they most recently used in a collaboration to revive an aging Iverson Pond upright piano. This piano is significantly older. It's lived about three lifetimes. McKenna is an accomplished piano player and singer. Liam plays the electric guitar. Together they make music and create art, which brings us to the piano project they started last October to earn community service hours at school. The piano was headed to the junkyard, but the boys were sure it still had value and a reason to play on. That's when they reached out to the National Sing for Hope organization, a New York City-based nonprofit that uses artists everywhere to bring hope, healing, and inspiration through art to people who need it most, starting with restored pianos. Someone paints a piano, it's put in the public for about three weeks, that's where we are right now is in the public display, and then it's donated to a forever home such as a hospital, school, a community center, even someplace like this. Since July, the piano has lived in this corridor at the corner of Dewey Road and historic Decatur Road in Liberty Station, its keyboard available to anyone passing by. There are lots of my signature style doodles, and there's skateboards, there's waves all over the piano. Liam is also a talented artist who uses acrylic paint and markers to draw. The piano became his canvas, honoring his beloved Ocean Beach community. It's a sun with rays shooting out and a large-scale ocean beach pier with a bunch of waves breaking. For McKenna, there is a deeper message in his music, inspired by the legendary piano man. Come down here, you'll see little kids tinkering around on the piano, and who knows, maybe that could inspire someone to take lessons and become uh, <laughs> the next Billy Joel. Slow down, you crazy child, just so ambitious for a juvenile. Last year, this incoming high school freshman was named one of San Diego County's most remarkable teenagers for his commitment to community fundraising and for his Billy Joel-like talent, too. Usually, it's just him and his piano, which is what I do. It's not, I don't have a backing track, any drop, like, backing vocals or whatever. It's just me and my piano. His music inspires me. I mean, I, I can't think of a Billy Joel song I don't like. 
McKenna also helped save lives as a junior lifeguard along San Diego's beaches. Here, he uses a surfboard and his training to make a difference. But with the sound of the waves, you can also hear the passion of his musical talent and how he uses it to help others. That's what music's all about, is bringing people together. Who knows, someone could have not been having a good day, you know? They could have been having thoughts of suicide or whatever, and they, they walked by a piano like this, and they heard someone playing, or they sat down and played it. We talked with Camille Zamora, co-founder of Sing for Hope in New York City, about McKenna and Liam's piano project. She gives them an A-plus on the message they've created through their music. It expands our minds. It breaks down those barriers. And I think that connection with that spark of innovation is something that we all need. Here comes the sun. For now, Liberty Station will allow the boys' piano to stay until they can find its forever home. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. That refurbished upright piano later found a home at San Diego's Marcy High School, an alternative learning community for students with social and emotional special needs. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.